Welcome back everyone to Law School Life and Beyond's Leadership Series. My name is Katya and I am the host of this podcast. Today, I have invited Anthony Turin, an articling student in the in-house counsel office of Aviva Insurance, to discuss with us his experience articling thus far. Thank you so much, Anthony, for being the first legal practitioner guest that I'm interviewing. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on our show. No problem. Happy to be here. Legal practitioner is putting it very generously because <laughs> um, that's the first time I've been called out. Still, still in the student like mindset frame of mind, as you can, as you'll see when you get articling, you're very, you're humbled very quick. Are you? Well, you're still further yeah. ahead than myself, which is I'm still in law school. You're articling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in second year, right? I'm in second year dual program um, at okay, nice. Windsor, Detroit. And you guys are still online, everything? Yes, yes. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, it's, that's honestly like very, it's, it's a difficult like landscape to navigate because I, my last semester at school uh, at Osgood, we did online, but I was already halfway through the semester. So I was already familiar with a lot of the material I was learning. I was comfortable with my professors. Um, but to start a class from scratch online is, is definitely challenging. I honestly, I don't find it that much different for me personally. I find it difficult Mm -hmm. to listen to professors speak for hours on end. So whether it's in person or at my computer desk, I'm still having troubles. (laughs) If anything, Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of saving money on, um, like toll, gas, all that kind of stuff that adds up. Um, What I was going to ask is, are you working online? Before we get into kind of your job, just briefly, yeah. um, are you working online or are you, are you in person? We're working online, yeah. So I've, uh, I'm have i currently articling out of Viva Canada, okay. uh, the insurance company, working in the general counsel office, which uh, I guess area of law falls under the umbrella of corporate law, but it touches on everything from marketing to privacy to uh, financing uh, to contract work. And we are all working from home. So I've started my articling term from home, um, hoping to get back into the office in the new year. But uh, who knows what's going to happen? Let's hope everything's safe. So I was looking over your resume this morning and Mm. you did your undergrad at Ryerson and law at Osgood Mm. then. So safe to assume you're from Toronto. Yeah, I'm from well, Vaughan. I'm from Vaughan. Okay. Um, So, yeah, right outside of the city, Mm. uh, suburban area. Um, but yeah, Ryerson was a really great experience for me. We had a really good experience. Uh, we had a law and business clinic at Ryerson that I did in my fourth year of undergrad. And I think other schools should really consider doing that because it was probably the best experience I had throughout the four years there. We were selected. You had to apply a year before, um, and it was a full year course. So you applied in third year. If you got accepted, you were entitled to take this course full year uh, for fourth year. And what we did was we partnered with uh, Miller Thompson, law firm downtown on Bay, that office. And we were able to help small businesses that Ryerson uh, has through like their Ryerson small business hub. So these small businesses that were looking to get their feet off the ground, but didn't have money to go hire a lawyer to do a formal articles of incorporation or do a formal contract or um, structure their services agreement. They didn't have anything like that, nor could could they afford it. So what we did was us as the students, we'd work in teams of two. There was about 20 students in the class. The two students would get paired with two lawyers from Miller Thompson, and there were some other firms involved as well. And we would get assigned to one of the clients, and we would uh, 
pick about three to four deliverables over the term of the of the school year. So we did like we did a service agreement for him. We did a formal legal opinion on uh, potentially expanding his business to the United States uh, and a couple other uh, things that he wanted cleaned up for his business. Uh, we would do the work, send it to the lawyers at Miller Thompson, get a bunch of red line revisions <laughs> back, which I've grown very accustomed to uh, as a student um, <laughs> in law firms or at Aviva. And uh, then the, we'd give it back to the student and they'd get the benefit of free legal work. The lawyers would get the benefit of helping uh, a small startup business and getting some pro bono hours mm-hmm. and, and the client would get the benefit of getting free legal work. So it was, it was a really good experience. I'm really happy I did it. I think it was a big um, improvement to my resume going into law school because I think it's something a lot of students didn't have. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Ryerson. It was such a great experience. I recommend it to anyone that wants to go to law school. Yeah, what a great opportunity to kind of see what the legal profession is like before doing the whole law school application and law school even and maybe finding out that you are in the wrong place. You kind of got a taste of it before even entering the field professionally. Yeah, the, it demystifies it. Um, and it's funny because I remember the the professor for that clinic because um, it's looked at, it, it was like a legal aid clinic, which is similar to what they have in law school. Um, the professor, the first day of class said, if anyone watches the show suits and that's the reason you want to go to law school, like step out of the class. Um, <laughs> because he's like, that's not even going to be close to what you get in a real day practice. So it was, it was just like humbling for a student like myself that's only stepped into these big law firms, um, or only seen like what the idea of a big downtown law firm looks like in movies to actually get to go in there. Uh, and have meetings with the lawyers in their big boardrooms. And it was, it was, it was a cool experience. I really liked it. That is really um, cool. So moving on to your job and kind of the work that you do. I just have a question and this might be a silly question, but for our listeners that also kind of want to know. So your general counsel at Aviva, is that synonymous mm-hmm. with in-house counsel? Uh, it's synonymous, but let's get a clarification. I am the art of clean student. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think that I'm a lawyer because I am not yet. Um, I am the articling student in the general counsel office out of Viva Canada. So the general counsel office is just, it's pretty much what the name says. It's general counsel to the insurance business. So you only work Um, within Aviva. There's no one else that you're working with. There's, we have now there's external parties that you work with in terms of, uh, if you're doing a contract with, with an outside party or you're doing a financing with an outside party, but when you're in-house counsel, my understanding, and we talked about this before we went on air, but we'll get into this more. I'd be happy to do uh, part two to this mm-hmm. podcast but once uh, my articling term is done. And God willing, I was brought back as corporate counsel because then I have a full perspective of what's going on with the business and what a corporate counsel's role fully is. Yeah. Because now, I'm, like I said, I'm learning new things every day. So for me to give a a summary of what a general counsel does um, would be somewhat naive and it would be incomplete. So once we get to that stage where I am called to the bar, which on track to happen in June of 2021, uh, thank God bar exams passed. Never <laughs> want to look at those again. Um, then I will come back and we can talk more about it in depth. But to answer your question very generally, yeah, it's, it's an in-house counsel. Okay. And now basically what is articling? Okay. Um, I'll give it my best shot. Now I'm in 
a couple months into it, so I have somewhat of an idea. Articling is just a tra- it's a training exercise. You want to learn as much as you can with the goal of supporting clients, getting the best work product possible, alleviating the stress and the workload from the lawyers you're working for, and learning as much as you can so that at the end of the 10 months, you are a fully self-independent lawyer. Because it's a scary thought. Like, And even mm-hmm. I still get scared about it today. Like, okay, now I always have that somewhat security blanket. And even when you finish articling as a junior lawyer, you're going to still have those senior lawyers that you can rely on. And if you work for a good firm or a good company, even the junior lawyers, they all help each other. So you'll have a somewhat of a security blanket there. But at the end of the day, now it's not, okay, this is the contract. This is my thoughts. Before we send it to the client or the business, all the approving lawyer has signed off on it. Now mm-hmm. you are the approving lawyer. Um, and it's a scary thought because people are trusting you with serious legal matters, whether you're in-house or imagine if you're a junior lawyer doing a family law file or a civil litigation file. Like This is serious matters people are trusting you with and mm-hmm. you're spending significant amount of resources on. So you got to be confident enough to know um, that I can handle it, which is why one other tip I would give to anyone that's articling and I know my friends that are articling do the same thing is ask for as much different work as you can. Because if you're doing one set thing for 10 months of articling, you're going to be very pigeonholed. You want to try and learn as much different parts of the firm's work or the business that you can possibly learn. So it's just like having as many uh, tools on a tool belt that you can have. You want to have a full tool belt um, that you can draw from. Yeah. And so then the hope would be to be hired on after you finish your articling term. That would be the hope. Yeah, I hope so. Um, like, <laughs> I, I would love that personally. I think that's everyone's goal. God willing that you actually like where you're articling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love where I'm articling. Like that's literally all I'm working towards every single day is to prove myself and be a beneficial part of the team so that I can uh, join the team as a full fledged lawyer. Okay, cool. I, I'm sure you will have no issues with that. Um, so, yeah. so when around, around when, sorry, in your three L year, did mm-hmm. you start looking into articling and applying for jobs and firing off resumes? Okay. So the articling recruit happens a little bit before September. I had a few rounds of interviews for articling positions in August, even before September started. Okay. Um, and I interviewed with a bunch of people then because I think if I remember properly, we had to submit applications in July because the articling plot process is regulated by the law society. Okay. Um, we had to submit applications in July. And then the interview, there was a certain call day in August where like they call you to schedule interviews. And then there was a specific interview week. So we had that time in August. Um, had my interviews in August. And then I ended up interviewing with Aviva, who I'm currently articling with. Uh, in September. Okay. Um, and then I was hired, I think, early October. And then cool. I didn't end up starting until next July. So you're hired a full year in advance of when you're starting your term, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about, but at least it allows you to go into third year with some peace of mind knowing, okay, at the end of third year, I have an article position. Um, That's what I was just going to say. It must have taken a load off for third year. You could just put your head down, do the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like I said before, everything happens for a reason. Like I found my article position in October and some kids find their article positions in August. 
Okay. Um, but, and you know, some of the ones in August that I wanted, I may not have gotten. And some of the ones that I said no to in August, maybe I thought, oh, I should have said yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to get Aviva. And the more that I researched the company and the more I researched the role, I was like, wow, this is exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be an in-house counsel. I wanted to do corporate law. And it was like, it checked all the boxes. And I went for the interviews and I got along with the team so well and I'm getting along with them now so well. So even when it seems doom and gloom, like you're stressing out, oh, do I say no to this? Because it takes a lot to say no to an employer because you're betting on yourself to find something else. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's very scary. It it takes a lot to bet on yourself and to say no. And it also takes a lot of courage to still trek on through interviews and job applications when you've been rejected a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the students out there that go through that August process of articling interviews and don't get the jobs they want, just because you didn't get the jobs through the formal recruit process doesn't mean there aren't still great opportunities out there for you and Mm -hmm. even opportunities that you would like even better um, and that suit your talents and that suit your preferences even more. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the articling process just yet, but as far as OCIs go, um, I was told, and I should probably fact check this, but that OCIs represent only 10% of the job market for the 2L summer. So really like wrapped up in that kind of chaos and, oh, I need to land a job, blah, 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 whatever. But it really is a very small percentage of available jobs. There's so many other ones that you can apply to. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 not, and not even just quantity. There might be better jobs you can apply to outside of the OCI process. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, like if, if you would have laid out every OCI job posting, every articling job posting, I would pick Aviva 20 times out of 20. Like well, that's that's exactly who I would have picked. And that mm-hmm. wasn't part of the formal recruit process. No. Um, so don't get discouraged. Like there's so many opportunities out there. I agree. And then how did you kind of approach articling? What kind of positions were you looking for? Did you have a firm or a company that you were kind of keeping an eye on? So my thought process going into articling was I've had a couple of different experiences. Uh, I got exposed to the downtown law firm uh, environment when I was at Miller Thompson doing that clinic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've worked at very small law practices where everything from a sole practitioner and then I also worked at a mid to large size firm in Loopster Nixon where they have over 50 lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mentality going into articling was, why don't I look for something that will challenge me, mm-hmm. is in the area of corporate law, which I want to do, but also achieves a work-life balance, which I think is very important. Um, and I found that Aviva meets all those goals. What a relief and nice place to be in. And that is so cool that you've had so many different experiences with all the size and types of firms. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of students get really nervous, um, at least from my experience, watching everyone go nuts right now for OCIs. Uh, They think that, oh, if I don't get anything for second year summer, then I'm not going to be able to find an articling position. But you're a testament to the exact opposite, that it is kind of cool and useful to get a variety of experiences and then maybe apply to a different articling position than you did for your second year summer. Uh, absolutely. And, and I'm a big believer in God, everything happens for a reason. Um, there was some, when I went through the OCI's process myself, maybe there was some that I wanted that I didn't get. Mm-hmm. But I think that 
the, like the exact position where I'm in now is exactly where I want to be and where I see my future. Yeah. So it's actually fortunate that I ended up getting the position, the job that I wanted and the position that I wanted was the most recent job that I got. So it was the articling position at Aviva. That's what I wanted the most. That's I really enjoy in-house counsel work, corporate law. It's exactly what I wanted to do. Nice. Um, and I was just fortunate and blessed enough that I was able to land that position in the articling process. And hopefully I'll get hired back as corporate counsel there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it, it, there's no shame in having a diverse amount of experiences. Um, and there's no shame in, oh, I wasn't at the same firm for three years straight. And then I went straight into being a junior lawyer there. And then I'll be a junior partner or associate that a senior partner. Like that's great and well, and, and th- that's awesome for the people that have those, those tracks, but mm-hmm. it's all, there's also something to be said for having a diverse amount of experiences where you can also get a taste of different kinds of works. The work I was doing at Miller Thompson is very different than the work I was doing at Loopster Nixon, mm-hmm. which is very different than the work I was doing at Bianchi Presta, mm-hmm. which is very different from the work I'm doing at Aviva. <laughs> um, like very different areas of law that I was working in. And like I said, I was just blessed enough that the one that I'm doing right now is the one that I've enjoyed the most and where I see my career. And so now I kind of wanted to talk a bit about your relationship with Ryan, our co-creator. He mentioned to me last week that you guys were playing basketball together as kids and that's how you know each other. And then you reached out about this initiative. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So me and uh, Ryan knew each other. We're actually on the same Ontario cup champion winning basketball team in 2006. (laughs) I think the year was. That was a big highlight for us because we got to go to uh, City Hall at Vaughn and we got recognized like the first basketball team in Vaughn to win the Ontario Cup. So that was pretty cool. I didn't see that um, on your resume. Why wasn't it on there? Yeah, no, that was not on the resume, but I may add it in. I bring it up often. It's a huge highlight. Um, but yeah, so Ryan and I, uh, who, as you know, the co-founder of Law School Life and Beyond with Joey, um, went to high school together and I noticed uh, the platform that they've built and I thought it was a great idea. Really, I followed it. Um, It was always something that I had in my mind that I just never put into operation with the busyness with work and volunteer obligations. So I approached Ryan, um, who connected me with Joey, and we decided to create a program under the Law School Life and Beyond brand called the Mentorship Program. And I will be joining the Law School Life and Beyond team as a senior member. And I'll also be the head of this mentorship program. What we're looking to do is, like I said, I noticed a clear gap, a clear gap in communication between grade 12 students and the alumni of those high schools or undergrad students and the alumni of those high schools. So what I would have really benefited from in grade 12, and I'm sure you can attest to the same, was I would have loved to connect with some undergrad students or some law school students and say, okay, we know you're thinking about going to law school. So can I, is there any volunteer opportunities available to me in high school? Can I reach out to some lawyers and just say, okay, can I shadow you at your job for a day? Um, can I connect with certain professors in the undergraduate studies to say, what does a day in your class look like? So what me and Ryan want to do is what we want is um, and give that information to high school students and undergraduate students. So I want to answer, like I said, everything from, uh, can I go sit in court for a day just to see what it looks like? 
what does a day in law school look like? How much reading is involved? How much studying is involved? Um, what, like I said, what are the costs involved? Uh, what's the interview process like? Do I have a good chance of getting a job? Uh, what's a day working in a law firm look like? Um, what's it like to step into a client meeting for the first time? All those questions that are running through your mind. Um, and what I want to do, I want to do these Q and a sessions for high school students, for undergrad students, and literally just pick our brain. Um, because I had a lot of good mentors along the way. And I think it'd be such a shame, uh, if I wasn't able to pass down the little knowledge that I do have, uh, to some of other students. So our intention here is not to prepare people for the LSAT or prepare people for the bar exams or give you a step-by-step -step on, for example, how to apply to your school, University of Windsor Law, because those are already covered. There's amazing LSAT courses. There's amazing bar uh, materials. Um, and the schools give fairly detailed guidance on how to apply to them. And we can answer those questions generally in terms of study tips, but we're not a tutoring service. So our goal here is just to share our experiences as current law school students like Brian and Joey are, or articling students like myself and future lawyers, and even we're going to bring in some practicing lawyers, just to give guidance um, to these students and their parents about the journey they're about to go on. Because you can say, I want to be a lawyer, but the worst thing, that the worst case scenario, and I've seen it happen with uh, fellow students is they get into their first year of undergrad and they end up hating what they're studying or they get into their first year of law school and they, up, and they end up hating it or they get through law school and then they start articling and they don't like it. So there's a lot of mystery and there's a lot of uncertainty with the journey that people are going on and we just want to minimize that as much as possible. Um, and there's been a lot of interest in the program. Um, thankfully, we have officially booked our place in the Ryerson Law and Business Association or Law and Business Society, one of the two, um, annual conference. So we plan these, we're planning to have these Q&A sessions and events and the conferences that we're going to attend be in person, but for the time being, obviously, until it's safe to do so, they'll be virtual. So on February 6th, we have a time slot, uh, the mentorship program. We'll be attending, uh, Ryan, Joey, and myself. We'll be giving an hour Q&A session to any students answering any questions they had and just providing advice and guidance. We've also, I've also connected with the York Region School Board trustees, and we have another call scheduled with them later in the month to organize that because the process has to go from the trustees and then superintendent has to get involved. Um, so there's a lot of things in the work, but I just think it's going to benefit students greatly. Um, and in the interim, I mean, anyone on the law school life and beyond team, I think our contact information is on the website. We're approachable and uh, we're ready to help. And I think this is just a bridge that we need to have. I agree. And I think it's a really cool initiative uh, to just kind of broaden the exposure to the law school experience for high school and undergraduate students, even if they're not yeah. necessarily super tunnel vision on law school. I think just the increased exposure will a either totally yeah. cancel the idea completely. They'll be like, Oh wow, I thought I wanted to do this. And it's definitely not what I want to do. Or it might spark interest yeah. in another student that maybe never even had law school on their radar. So I think even it, like the program Absolutely. as you're describing it would service students that 
don't necessarily have a sole purpose as of yet, it might help clarify things for them, which I think is productive and awesome. It was just a self-reflection that I noticed when I was in elementary school and I was in high school and I was in my undergraduate studies. I was that psycho child that actually knew he wanted to be a lawyer since he was a kid. But a lot of kids don't know. And there's a lot of unanswered questions. Well, I am certainly excited to see that take off and um, can't wait to become a part of it, become involved. But for now, um, I actually like to end these episodes off with a segment I call Best Worst Day. (laughs) So would you mind just describing what the best day for you as an articling student is and then what the worst day for you as an articling student is, please? Sure. So, um, okay, we'll start with the worst because yeah. we'll end on a good note. <laughs> That's what Ryan did last note. week. Worst day, um, and I don't even think this just applies to articling because I haven't had a bad day, thank God, and I'm not just saying that to say that. Oh, good. Um, I actually have had a good day every single day at work, but I think that the challenge is, and this only speaks to the current climate with COVID, uh, I don't even think this just applies to articling or the practice of law. I think now because everything is done remotely or for those companies that are working remotely, people are having a lot more meetings during the day. Um, and when you want to connect with someone, you can't just walk down the hall in the office and have a quick chat with them. You have to schedule time for a meeting. So I think that the difficult days come um, when you have nine to five scheduled of meetings mm-hmm. um, because not only are you not able to get some other work done during those days, but you're hopping from call to call to call to call and then more work stem from each call. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think days like that can get very overwhelming. Like I said, there's been no bad days for me. There's been a great balance, but I think that not only in the legal practice, but in every practice, what I've been hearing from family, friends, um, everyone that's been working from home, that's a big challenge of, we have so many meetings during the day. We're hopping in and out of call and call. I can't just go talk to someone down the hall. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that uh, are challenging. That makes sense. And what about your best day? Um, best day as an articling student, I think the most rewarding, and I think everyone can um, relate to this, whether you're an articling student or a summer student, is those days where you've been working on a file a long time, whether you have a deal closing or you're working on this great legal opinion or you're finalizing this contract and you send it to the approving lawyer and they just say, great job. Like you killed this one. Not a lot of comments. You were right on track. Cause as a student, you're going to get a lot of files that you work on that you send something to the approving lawyer. And they, like I said, it's a red line, like mm-hmm. so many markups. And it's not necessarily that you're, that you're incorrect. It's that, they're trying to show you a better way to do it mm-hmm. or they're showing you how that firm does it or that, how, that's how this company does it. Um, this is how we structure our mm-hmm. language in the contracts or um, this is how we should phrase it for the client. So that day that, you know, you've been working on this file for a while, uh, you've had a couple files under your belt, you know, you have somewhat of a relationship with the lawyer that you're working with um, and you send them that next Uh, deliverable that you're working on and they just say wow you killed this one you did a great job because not only are you satisfied in yourself that okay you got the recognition it's not even as much as that it's it's not about the recognition from the lawyer it's about wow i actually learned something Mm -hmm. and now that's one more thing that i can have on my tool belt Mm -hmm. as a future lawyer yeah like now i could say okay i actually know how to do that yeah because when you step into 
articling or summer students the first day, you really don't know all that much. And it's sad to say, but you learn so much of law and law school and you have all this knowledge, but do you really know how to apply it in practice? And would you be ready for if I told you, you know what, tomorrow you're a lawyer. Now you have someone's case on your hand. Now you have someone's file on your hand and it's literally on you. Um, I think a lot of students would say, no, we're not ready for that. Yeah. So when you get that approval from the lawyer or from your boss or from whoever, and I guess this could apply to anything, not even just articling or the practice of law, but when you get that approval from your superior or your colleague, you just have one more thing that is on your tool belt that you can bring into every day. No, that's awesome. Thank you. That's really good insight that, uh, into articling. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that's the best day for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much, Anthony, for again, taking time out of your Sunday to come and talk with us. Uh, we can't wait to have a part two no with problem. you in May uh, when you're finished your yeah. articling term, articling, I don't know. The, um, term, yeah, 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 absolutely right. Looking forward to it. Like I said, when we're, um, when I'm done the articling and called to the bar, we can do a part two and we'll, we'll try and get into the intricacies of what a day in practicing looks like. Um, but it's a great podcast. I think for whoever's listening, you can reach out to myself um, and stay tuned for those Q&A sessions if you're in high school or undergrad, um, because we're definitely looking to get that started in the new year. And like I said, everyone's here to help. Um, give us as much questions as you want. Send us anything you need, and, and we're just going to try and help you along the way. Great. And thanks so much to all of our listeners for tuning in today. We really appreciate your support. Don't forget to tune in next week for Law School Life and Beyond's next episode of the Leadership Series.